welcome to Raptor the Kitchen. This is April the 20th, 2018. It is a Friday, hopefully, if I've not been lazy and I forgot to edit the show, like I have almost done the past two weeks. I am one of your hosts, Francisco Rodriguez, and I'm joined by Tommy Bass. Hello. And Neil McCulloch. Hello. I, I did have a quote for a one of you, but I've actually forgot what it was. So I could have been spared that bullshit for one week. Sweet. Are you alright with that? Well, it is what it is now. <clears throat> but like what we kinda lack in opening quotes, I think we can more than make up with uh, in reviews, trailers, news and bullshit. He sounds dead. It's 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 only one of them. Yeah. He sounds dead forced, which I think. Unnatural, would you say? Yeah. Alright, though, carry on. So, this week we're going to be talking about Truth or Dare, Rampage, Shin Godzilla. Well, then, you're going to be talking about yeah, Truth or Dare. Yeah, thanks for that, Tommy. That was not my fault. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get we to will that. get to that. How it was entirely your fault. Uh, so, like, also with the kind of stuff in there, like, maybe talk about Lost in Space. We've only seen two episodes. Yeah. Nah. Um, we're going to talk about One Punch Man. We can see how it goes. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, so, starting us off, would, would you like it? Would you want to do trailers or news? News. News. Yep. Right. So, Vin Diesel is a confirmed that he is directing Triple X Four. I don't know about directing, but he's definitely. Sorry, he's not directing. He's starring yeah. in it. It's that what's fucking DJ Caruso. DJ Caruso. Yeah. Who uh, who did the last one? <clears throat> you seen? Uh, and he now also owns the franchise. Yeah, he yeah. bought it. Hmm. Uh, are you guys at all excited for nah. that? No. No, not at all. I actually did a wee bit of research <clears throat> and apparently Triple X three is the highest of all the Triple X's in its gross. Really? It made like for an eighty five million budget it made like three hundred something million. Right. I remember it being kinda of shit. Yeah, you you were, you were told you told me like, man, it is terrible, but see if you like had a couple of pints and just watched the utter stupidity of it. Yeah. Is it not like there's a satellite that can do a thing? Ooh. And you, and you say, is it getting into dark territory there? No, it's not Under Siege 2. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure you said it was something really ridiculous that there was a super weapon that needed to be stopped. What is it? I don't even movie. remember. Did you, say, did you see State of the Union, the second one, with Ice Cube? No. See, like, I thought it was, <laughs> no, right. I thought it was called something to do with Xander Kane or something like that. No, Return, of Zander, yeah, Return of Xander Cage. Yeah, Return of Xander Cage. Was that the third one? That's the third one. Yeah. Vin right. Diesel's character. Right. Uh, I'm sure I did see it. Uh, yeah, because it turns out like fucking Ice Cube was the original Triple X or something. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. I and never, like, I never show, seen it. He shows up to... No, that's the third no, one. No, that's the third one. And the second one, it yeah. is just Ice Cube as uh, Triple X. Yeah. First one, the second one is the second one that I pre- right. <clears throat> Yeah, I think Willem Dafoe's the baddie, I think, in it. I could be wrong. Yeah. Was I this know. a series I never ever... No, liked. it was kind of shite. Fair enough. I just thought I would bring it up, but that's pretty much what I've got in that. Mm. Uh, also, Steven Spielberg uh, is talking about doing a DC Universe movie called Black Hawk. It's probably not going to be in the DC Universe. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be... Well, it's a DC movie. <clears throat> it's uh, it's um, centred around World War Two pilots. And uh, the, wow. quote, the quote I read said that uh, as well as fighting like villains and supervillains, they also fight things like shark planes. What? Exactly. Yeah, it sounds kind of that, that sounds like a, a comic really written in the 40s. Uh, but yeah. also, as well as 
as Neil said, them stating that it's going to be separate from the DC Extended Universe. Mm-hmm. They also then said that it's a Wonder Woman spin-off. So, right. I don't see how uh, it can okay. be one and not the uh, other. Okay. <clears throat> um, probably won't happen for a long time, though, because he said that he will do Indiana Jones 5, yeah. West Side Story, before he does it. Yeah, I'm not excited about either one of those things. Uh, no, no, not at all? Nope. Like, I, I mean, is this because of Ready Player One? No. Because there's no. some there's some stuff there with that as well. No, yeah. I no, it's because of Crystal <clears throat> Skull. Ready Player One uh, has already made four hundred and seventy five million dollars. That's not surprising. Uh, it also doesn't make it a good film. No. Yeah, I know, I know. Like it also hasn't. It isn't even his best one because his best one is still Jurassic Park. Oh. Nine hundred and eighty three point eight million. Wow. But what this has done is. Pushed him up over the ten billion dollar mark. I mean, that was. Uh, I'm surprised him, it's not happened already. Yeah, yeah, he is now the world's richest director because of that. Because of Ready Player One. Uh, not, again, not surprised. <clears throat> um, did you say it was like yeah, Jurassic Park's highest grossing film? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm not. Nine, uh, that's not su- yeah. That's not surprising, but um, I, I don't know for some reason I was like, oh well. I'm, I don't know why it sounded surprising. Well, yeah, of course it was. Jurassic Park was huge back in the day. Is that your favourite Spielberg film? Yeah. Well, I mean, he did do Jaws as well. Let's just continue talking about Jaws. Jaws, yeah. Jaws is his best. Yeah, I would agree with that. Jaws is his best film. But like, I mean, Jaws is really good, but there's a... I mean, I would have seen Jurassic Park before I saw Jaws, probably, because I was a kid. Okay. And I like, saw Jaws before I seen Jurassic Park. Same. I've, I've got like a big fucking love of sci-fi and dinosaurs and monsters and people being eaten. Yeah, but like you know, I mean, I suppose it was the honest trailer thing to talk about with uh, Jurassic Park is essentially the T Rex is just land jaws. Yeah, yeah. Um, <coughs> yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting. Like, I just continue to just shake my head at the fucking human species where Ready Player One has been that successful. It really fucking annoys me. I'm not surprised. That, that was always going to make money. Yep. I suppose we contributed to it. We all saw it. For journalistic purposes. Keep telling yourself that, Tom. Absolutely. The trailer didn't look good at all. If we weren't doing this podcast, you would have still meant to see that movie. I don't know. I really don't know. Like, I didn't like the trailer. You would have had to see how bad it was. Mm. Uh, Not really much to say in this one either, but Gremlins 3 has been greenlit. Uh, Columbus is back to, to write it again as well. Mm. Said that it will most definitely be a reboot, not yeah. a not a sequel. I again, I'm not excited for that at all. There's <clears throat> again, it's like with certain franchises, like they're fine the way they are. And plus, Christopher Columbus is a bean counter. He of a director, and I will say he's talentless. He's not talentless, but he just makes franchise films, and he's not very interesting. Yeah, it's just a shame though. Like it's just this is another one of those movies to add to the list of movies where. You know for the fact, even though he's saying a reboot, it will still have so many scenes that are inferior callbacks to the originals. And it'll be CGI like, Gremlins, which again will take something away from it, I think. How uh, to Train Your Dragon 3 got its title as well. It's called Hidden World. Which, I'll, I'll watch that. Yeah, yeah I like exactly. How to Train Your Dragon. It's a g- generic title, but yeah, I like the How to Train Your Dragon series. We're getting through this news way faster than I thought because you guys have been really, really just kind of not talkative. Uh, there's not really what. Well, so far, I don't think we've 
touch any news pieces that are really much to talk about. Spielberg went ten billion. You're like I thought yes. a Spielberg thing would happen. Like would have. I mean, how much do you guys know about Black Hawk? Uh, Neil. <laughs> Only really what you know that it's a. It's a comic by Will Eisner from the forties. Mm. The only reason DC owns it is because. <coughs> sorry, there was I think there's quarterly comics originally published it, and DC bought quarterly. Did Will Eisner do The Shadow? He did do The Shadow, yes. Yeah, that film wasn't great. No, but then not. Frank Miller is not a director. No, he is not. <laughs> the Shadow, the one with the Baldwin in it. Is it Alec Baldwin? No. no. Uh, well, that is called The Shadow. That's, well. that's a different Shadow, yeah. I The one we're talking about was Black and White. Frank Miller directed it. Samuel Jackson, uh, Scarlett Johansson. Oh, oh, the. Yeah. It's kind it's, of sensei essentially sin- Yeah. No, yeah. sorry. That's called the spirit. Oh, the spirit. The yes, spirit. you're right. Yeah, I do apologize. Yes, yeah. I haven't seen that, but I've been told it's not very good. Yeah, I remember it not being great. Wait a minute. Are you talking about the shadow or the spirit? Both. Oh, right. Yeah. You, uh, I mean, from what I remember of both of them, yeah, you're right. Mm. Um, the thing I remember most about the shadow is when Al Baldwin turned into shadow. It was like it was like when they made Plan Nine from Outer Space, <laughs> and Bell Lugosi died halfway through it. And they just and Ed Wood just got uh, his dentist mm-hmm. to play him because he kind of looked at him. Yeah, with, with, with a cape over his cape face, over. yeah. And that was essentially how Alec Baldwin became the shadow by putting a cape up and somehow his nose got bigger. Wow. I think, was there a part in the shadow where he is like somehow... I also told this block that off. <laughs> he's like somehow trapped in a spherical kind of building that is filled with water and there's a tiny air hole at the side. Is that the shadow, or is that Dark Man? Does that happen in Dark Man? I don't think that happens in Dark Man. I watched Dark Man a couple of months ago. Uh, There's some fun stuff about it, but it really doesn't hold up. That's a shame. I like Dark Man. Uh, I mean, like the only bit in Dark Man I can remember is when he loses his temper at the carnival. Mm -hmm. Just give me the fucking elephant. Yeah, there's a mega honking scene man where it's like the transition's like terrible. Like Francis McDormand has watched him die. And like it's a really bad kind of green screen, almost rotoscope kind of thing, where she's in a stance whilst <clears> this building's blown up, and then behind her, the background t- changes to like a cemetery, and she's at his funeral. And I was like, "Oh, that probably didn't look good even back then, but that was fucking rank." There's some good ideas in Dark Man, but and it's a, it's a Sam Raimi film, so it's got a lot of his Who kind of humor in it. What's the name of the actor that's the villain in that? He got fucking. Even in other uh, movies, he always just has a fucking really weird mm, look about him. Like, I literally remember him from Dark Man and Dr. Giggles. What's Dr. Giggles? Shut Dr. Up. Giggles is a horror film at an evil dentist. <laughs> okay. Sweet. Fair enough. I remember it being... Uh, the other thing I was going to say about... Sorry, what were you going to say? Me. No, Neil. Oh. Because Dr. Giggles is alright. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, look. Hold on a wee sec. Remember me and you, Neil, were talking about that film, the horror film, was it Ambulance? Oh, the Ambulance with Eric Roberts. And uh, James Earl Jones. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I think I remember seeing like a copy of it because I was like, man, that'd be alright. And then I seen a copy on Amazon and it was like amazingly expensive for the fact that it is this shitey, like 90s uh, horror film. But I remember it being really fun. I I remember enjoying it at the time, but yeah, I think I would have been about twelve when I saw that. Oh, I was really young when I seen it. Like it was fun, man. Uh, but yeah, so 
I, I just thought I'd insert that. Carry on, Paco. Uh, Spielberg Spielberg okay. making a DC movie about World War Two fighter pilots. You know, after his kind of recent trend of just making nothing but shit films with the BFG. <coughs> I never seen the BFG. Jones and the Crystal Skull, fucking Ready Player One, and now he's in a DC thing, which are notorious for doing shit movies. Like, is this him on track to try and make himself into George Lucas? Who uh, no. had that other field World no. War fighter pilot movie? Are, are you saying that essentially all Steven Spielberg wants to do is sell all his property to Disney? I think. <laughs> I mean, it might not be a bad. Steven thing. Spielberg doesn't even take it at this point. Steven, like, what's he got? Steven Spielberg is a far, <coughs> far more talented uh, director than George Lucas. He was ever would be. Well, I don't you said right? I never seen the BFG, but I never heard it was shit. It was in his fucking terrible. I watched uh, what was the one he did? He did um, Bridge of Spies, which was fine. Oh. It's the kind of film you would watch with your granda on a Sunday afternoon. You know, it was fine. Um, I wouldn't say it was shit. It was from a Coen Brothers script as well. Which, Aye, but it was nothing special. Nah, I mean it, it was, was nothing very special. Ordinary. I think it's it's weird for I say weird. I mean, what else is there for Spielberg to do? You know what I mean? He's well, that, that is the thing. You know, he, did, he doesn't have no. to prove himself anymore. No. So he can take on any project he wants. Yeah. But the projects he keeps taking on mm-hmm. are bullshit. And uh, you're saying that this is a Second World War fighter pilot saying, if Spielberg's good at doing something, it's usually films that are involved in the Second World War. Private Ryan, Schindler's List. War Horse. Who did War Horse? War Horse was the First World War, and that was Steven Spielberg. Was it him? Yes. Man, I was joking. No, that was him. Fair that was the First World Horse. Uh, for, first World Horse. <laughs> first, first World horse. horse. The First World War with Joey the Horse. Uh, I don't Wait, know. Wait, the was it actually called Joey? Yeah. Just okay. as a quick aside, <clears throat> the film The Ambulance yeah. is from 1990. So mm. I would have been 10 when I saw it. Right. And you can currently watch the whole thing on the YouTube. Sweet. For threes. That's all no always deceptive is. though. Like, does it say you can watch it, but then when you go to click on it, it turns it's like, it's YouTube red. It's like, yeah, it sends you to a link. Sweet. Try to watch that. movies on YouTube could be fucking fury. Actually, yeah. when I watched, I watched something a wee bit, I watched the fucking Matthew Broderick Godzilla, uh, yeah. because it was the only Godzilla I had access to yeah. uh, after watching some trailers and stuff. But like I was trying so hard to watch the Shin Godzilla and the original one, uh, mm. like on YouTube and stuff like that, and like just kept getting spam links to other shit. Like you you liked the Gareth Edwards one, didn't you? The film was, where Godzilla yeah, nearly fights in every okay. scene. <clears throat> it was alright. And Ken Watanabe spends a lot of time looking confused. I mean, like yeah, we'll right. get to it later when we're doing the reviews and stuff, man. Mm. But Shin Godzilla shits all over that fucking. Reason Neil told me about it, man, and it sounds like everything I want from a Godzilla film. Is if you really like your God, Godzilla films to be thin allegories about Japan, Japan's place in the world after World War II. It's not even <laughs> thin allegories. It's like legitimately, it's a real kind of introspective look at yeah. what they have, what they would have to deal with if this happened. Sweet. And uh, it's really fucking it's cool. cool. It's like there's it so many... like 80% bureaucracy. It is. Right? It's exactly it's that. It's like, it's mostly, it's like a Japanese version of the West Wing. With a, with a fucking huge monster thrown in. Sweet. It's like it's most, Kai, it's most of it. Trek. Most of it is to do with like uh, the morality of what they're doing and the logistics of how to like evacuate cities mm. and like the impact both environmentally and financially that it's having on the country. Mm. And like w- this is all happening while they've got their hands tied because of all the fucking restrictions put in place after World War Two. 
It's, it's really fucking good. Yeah. No, I'll definitely watch <clears> it, man. You were watching it on Netflix, right? Sky. It's on Sky. I'll watch that, man, definitely. I, that is, imagine they put that in the poster. It's like the West Wing, but with Godzilla. <laughs> like, there is so much that is like so much kind of snap cuts of people talking, and then like they finish their sentence and just snaps to somebody else, and it's like they get their bit, and it's all really matter of fact, really kind of. Okay. Everyone is just trying to kind of rationalize everything that's going on, and like. Then they've got like a time constraint put on them. Like, I'm not going to really waste what happens with that, but like, there's a time limit on it, so it's kind of got that kind of sense of pressure. Right. Where they need to kind of work stuff out, like, before something happens. Cool. Uh, and then on top of that, as well as the fact that, I mean, Godzilla looks fucking daft in it. Like, it looks like a big fucking <coughs> truth. Yeah, because it, because it <coughs> evolves. Yeah. Too. But like, but the first time I saw it, and it's that first version of it, yeah. I'm going, what the fuck is this? Exactly. This but even oh, but even then, exactly. Yeah. Even then, you're like that looks fucking ridiculous. But I love it. Yeah. yeah. And like it, they've got like a lot of little features about it where it's like it's got the original version of it's got gills because it's like, it just came out the water mm-hmm. and uh, every time it's like, kind of gills expand like just this fucking horrible red liquid mm. sloshes out of it. Sweet. Uh, it's just it's really fucking cool. I mean, it looks so stupid. Oh, I'll uh, be watching this. It works. I'll be watching uh, this. And then like when it actually starts attacking stuff. Like, you've got this really cheap-looking puppet, but all the effects that come out of it are absolutely yeah. excellent. Like, uh, it starts off kind of burning a building, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, because like, you just see all the streets going on fire. But then what happens after that, I was like, I was not ready to love that scene as much as I did. Cool. Well, uh, that'll, that'll be fine, man. So I'll definitely really, watch that. Really good movie. That's, like, all I've got to say on Godzilla, actually. Just got that bit out of the way earlier, I suppose. Cool. Uh, what uh, what other news you got? A <clears throat> uh, Mad Max, George Miller's uh, next two installments of the franchise are being held back because of lawsuits over unpaid bonuses with Warner Brothers. Ah, I oh, see. Yeah. It's not like <clears throat> I, mean, I thought it might be because when they when they filmed Fury Road, they blew up a national park. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was totally worth it though because Fury Road was great. Oh yeah, fuck the environment. Yeah, uh, I mean I know it's. Uh, I, I jest, but I do love that yeah. film. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you won't live to see the damage it's caused. Yeah, it's you fine. Why worry? I, I mean, I'm not. You know, I'm, so, not. No, like, I'm more worried that I won't see another Mad Max film. <laughs> was it filmed in Australia? No, it was, uh, well, I think parts of it were, but I think it was, uh, <coughs> it was, was it Nairobi or whatever? It was like some fucking, well, I mean, I would say some vast desert, but you see that in the film. I can't remember where it was. Uh, um, also... Charisse Theron, Charlie Theron, Charlie Theron, like yeah. like redoubled her kind of interest in wanting to do like a spin-off Furiosa movie, mm-hmm. um, which it's like weird to me though because like I mean fair enough the last one was called Mad Max Fury Road, but it was really her movie with like Mad Max just being in it. But Road so Warriors like, the same. A, but not for, with for them to say like on. for them to say like a Furiosa spin-off seems weird because like. Uh, no, I know was, what you mean. It was but it's, about her. Yeah, but that's like Mad Max was a household name. You recognise that. So if it was just Furiosa, the film folk are like, what's this? Yeah. Mad Max is a brand that brings viewers in. And yeah, like, I'd be up for that. Um, but yeah, like, that's. I'd also like to see another Mad Max film. I, I would like to watch Fury Road again because I only watched it once when it was in the cinema. Mm. It's uh, on Netflix. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if the Chrome edition's on Netflix. It's not. Damn. But the, the Logan Chrome edition is on... Uh, that was a noir, noir edition. Noir edition, yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm saying Chrome. Uh, I think that's what the Mad Max one was. But yeah, it's black and white, and it's the Logan one's on Sky, I know that. I have a physical copy of it. Sweet. 
Uh, speaking of which, actually, Neil, we've got your Blu-ray of mm. Judge Dredd to mm. give you back. Oh, yeah. um, and V and Doctor Fives. Yes. Yeah. I was actually speaking about V today. Um, I was talking about like um, uh, guy in work. We were talking about like how his dad was well into like Comic Cons and he, like he'll pay two hundred pounds for like certain collectibles <coughs> and that. And I was recalling this time I think you went to Comic. Well, it was. A, I, mean, I mean, I went to the Glasgow. Comic-Con, you went to the Glasgow which... Comic Con and you said it was very boring for what you had to wait for and paid to get into. It was quite boring. Um, it was it was sixteen pounds for a ticket, which was essentially you getting to go into one of the SECC halls, right, and buy stuff if you uh, wanted. It was just a crap geek market, right? That's like that's no, but at least the ones in American stuff have t- tend to have actual kind of celebrities and stuff yeah, like, like the there. Marvel Marvel yeah. universe characters and like, that. Yeah. I think. We went on a bad day for it though because like I think it was the last day of it, so a lot of the people had who like even the kind of more minor celebrities that were there, like I think Jennifer Hale might have been there. Uh, like she wasn't even there. So Say okay, say you went to one of those things again, right? And you could have the opportunity <coughs> to have your picture taken with any television film star of that just who would you want? I mean, like, do you want to know what my actual answer to this is? Okay. Because it would be nobody because they expect you to to pay money for the yeah, privilege. I know that's I know so like fuck that. No, I know like that's okay. Take the take the money factor out of it. If I could get my picture taken with anyone from geek culture, yeah, why not? Uh, Janeway. Why would it be Janeway? Well, I don't. You like Voyager for some fucking reason? Yeah, I do. Like, why do you keep bringing it up? Because <laughs> it's it's my private shame. Yeah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> private about it. I mean, I like Voyager, but like she's not my favorite character. Well, who is? Oh, it's Tuvok, is it? No. What? Who or is? Like, you're talking about in Voyager specifically? Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, like they're all gash in Voyager. That's the thing. Like, but if you were to get your picture with He's Tom Paris, is that <clears throat> Well, the thing about Tom Paris is Tom he Paris was is he was crazy. also in Masters of the Universe, so you've kind of so, got that. Yeah, yeah. I honestly think, and this is saying a lot, man. I think Belana Torres is the best. A most likable cast member in Voyager because everybody else is a fucking annoying dweeb in that show. <laughs> but like, I still enjoy the show. Right, never mind the show. So, is your answer Blada Torres? No. Right, well, what's your answer? Well, let me think about it. Last Neil. I don't have one because <clears throat> I don't feel the need to meet these people. Yeah, I don't really get starstruck. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's not, if I met them in the street, I'd be like, alright, you're right, mate. Okay, I don't fair think enough. I would even ask for a photograph then. You've got like a photograph of you and the honky top man, is that right? No, I have a, po- a photograph of me and Natalia Nightmare. <coughs> Aye. Do you have a. F- and you also. Is it Nigella Lawson? No, I have a photograph of Nigella Lawson. Would you like a photograph my, with her? That is my secret shame. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, man. You've just got a photograph of her. Did you take it or is it just like a random picture of her that you just <laughs> keep? Yeah, I think it's I a framed sign one, yeah. Right, okay, okay. Did so, you buy it? Or she makes good dinners, but. <laughs> Well, okay. for what you can see on the telly. I don't know, man. She never wears a hairnet and she like puts her fingers through her hair constantly while she's oh, cooking the food. It's erotic. Yes, that's the point. <laughs> it's supposed to be sexy dinners. There's nothing sexy about picking hair at your teeth. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. My Immediately, I was like, Robert England, I would love a picture of me next to <clears> Freddy <throat> Krueger. And that's what led me to talking about V. And I was like, oh yeah, man, he's in that as well. And he was good in that. It was weird seeing him as a good alien as opposed to, you know... As he would put it, the man of your dreams. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to know. Oh wait, and you, you're still thinking. I don't think I've got an answer for it, man. Like wow. Okay, fair enough. 
I mean, like, there's obviously people are respecting stuff, but, like, I mean, I don't know. Well, uh, stay tuned, Raptors. We may have an answer for this during this episode or at some point. You tell me. I would would choose you. I'm not in anything. (laughs) You're in Raptors in the Kitchen? That hit sensation podcast about movies and that? Yeah, but what would you have? But you live with me. (laughs) I I have a quick um, throwback to last week's news. Okay. Of um, the story about Netflix possibly not being in competition. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, they officially withdrew the mm-hmm. movies because they weren't going to be allowed to compete. So that happened. But also, Lars von Trier has been granted uh, the ability to go back to Cannes yeah. after a seven-year ban. Yeah, it was that thing he said about Hitler, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. What, what did he say? Oh, he said some fucking derogatory term where he compared something to Hitler. And in a very Lars von Trier way. I mean, like, was it something that deserved to be compared to Hitler? No, it was. it was just... It was Lars von Trier being Lars von Trier. Is he the guy who like ate a shoe? No, that's no, Werner Herzog. What did Lars von Trier do? Uh, he did what films wise? Yeah, Melancholia, uh, Nymphomaniac, Volume One and Two, um, Breaking the Waves, Dogville. Yeah, he does a lot of right. films that I don't think you. Yeah, like I recognised yeah. his name, but like, yeah. I don't think I've watched any of those movies. Yeah. He would. He does. I guess. Nymphomaniac was the one with Shia LaBeouf in it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Charlotte Gainsbourg and Stellan Skarsgård, who wasn't the villain for a change. Um, the film was. It wasn't great. Yes. So. Seven year ban. Seven year ban. Okay. Um. Right. See, just for the sake of getting it out of the way, I'm gonna pick. Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's that's a fair one. Actually, no. No, he's not. Actually, no. Think about it. Uh, Sylvester Stallone. All right, I thought. And I, is Rocky. All right, I thought you were going to say fuck that noise that we're going to pick Carl Weathers because he is both I mean, in the Rocky franchise I mean, and Predator. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> or what about um, oh fucking what's his name? Oh shit! Oh, what have me so then in Predator? What's his name? Duke. Bill Duke. He's in that. You love that man. He's in Commando and he's in uh, Red Dragon for a bit. I mean, he's just fodder, though, isn't he? He's just there to die in a movie. He's still cool as fuck then. But no, like Sylvester Stallone, I don't think he gets anywhere near as much credit as he deserves. Well, Sylvester Stallone will be coming to, I think, Glasgow this year for an evening with Sylvester Stallone. No. Well, I don't know. Sly, if you are listening, uh, if you want to come and meet us, go for it. That'd be great. I don't know. I remember like a a good couple of years ago now, we were both drunkenly tweeting Sylvester Stallone and he did not reply. Oh, yeah. Sylvester Stallone, if you do decide to come and visit these two <laughs> idiots, can you bring Terry Crews with you? Because he looks like he'd like to sit and watch a wrestling and maybe eat some chicken wings. Eat some chicken wings, that's right. A good time. Did, you, did you ever tweet him about that? I tweet him about that quite a lot. Did Still? You <laughs> yeah, he never replies. Oh, that sucks, man. Who, who, like, which famous person have you got looking at reply from? Uh, the road dog, Jesse James. Did he? Yeah. Uh, he replied once. What were you, what were you uh, saying? <laughs> It was a conversation about John Cena not being for everybody. Ah, uh, I recall you telling me about this. Yes. Um, I've had interaction with uh, writer Charles Soule. Okay. Would, would he write? Uh, he is currently uh, writer of Astonishing X-Men, uh, Daredevil. I said famous people, Neil, not comic book artists. <laughs> To be fair, like the, this, this very podcast had a nice interaction with. Um, oh, the guy from Roadhouse. Yeah, that's right, man. 
Uh, what was his name? Shit. Oh man, he's going to hear this and be so disappointed. It was uh, the, the guy who gets his throat ripped out yeah, in Roadhouse. Cool as fuck, man. He, he, he gave us a wee retweet. That was great. Um, I, I, I didn't feel starstruck, but I felt dead happy about that. I was like, man, it's what? It's weird the power of a, a retweet. Yeah. Or a like from somebody famous yeah. that you kind of like. Yeah. I, I've had a... Dave Lang re- uh, yeah, <laughs> Dave, I mean, I, Most <laughs> folk listening are going to know who that is. Um, yeah, Dave, Dave Lang, like, Tommy called him lame, so I tweeted Dave Lang and told him. Then uh, Dave Lang told me to get a new friend. <laughs> I would just <laughs> like to like say, I, I, do you know what? I, I would I'd like to take this opportunity. This is when I did not know David Lang, a.k.a. D. Lazy. Um, and I think he's fucking great. And uh, you, 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 stay, you stay true champ. I also got a reply off of Dan Reichert once when I, you guys were all talking about wrestling when we were at the pub. And I tweeted him saying, because like, Dan Reichert is like, big into wrestling as well. I was like, mm-hmm. Dan, all my mates are talking about wrestling. Like, uh, be a wingman and throw us something to say. So he told us to say that uh, he was looking forward to the women's uh, event at this WrestleMania. <laughs> and I, like, I said it and you guys all nodded and I was like, I think it worked. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. But yeah. Uh, I, I just don't use Twitter enough, but yeah, I would lose my shit if Stolen like gave me a retweet or was like, yeah, all right, Tom. I'd be like, fucking hell, Rocky. Rocky's talking to me. Oh, but uh, he would just tweet you, all right, Tom. <laughs> I don't know. What the I fuck think, it would say? I think you need to be like a make a wish kid to get that kind of level, level response. Well, you know, I, I hope <clears> it doesn't come to that, but yeah. Uh, so, like, the last piece of news I've got is like sad news uh, that. The actor from Full Metal Jacket, like the drill sergeant, Arlie Emery, uh, he died at the age of 74 this week. He did, he did. Uh, he was in Full Metal Jacket. He, he was, was in, in Seven. I pronounce you Chuck and Larry, that absolute masterpiece. You fucking loved that film. It was uh, fucking terrible. It was like, he was pretty God. much... Oh, blah. He was pretty it, much it was the... insulting uh, the whole way through it. Absolutely. It was absolutely brilliant. It was insulting to intelligence and just generally the world. There's no one you don't mess with the world, man. But, uh, oh, that was fucking uh, awful uh, as well. Arlie Emery, though, like, was essentially just the uh, the go-to stereotype for every drill sergeant and everything, pretty much. Well, wasn't he, like? he used to... I think he was a drill sergeant yeah. before he took up acting, yeah. Uh, but yeah. And also, there was another death this week. Uh, Milos Foreman, director of Amadeus and One Flew the Cuckoo's Nest, The People vs. Larry Flint, Man in the Moon, uh, The Fireman's Ball. He's just a absolutely... Brilliant and talented man, but yeah, he was. I think it was late sixties, was it Neil? No, I can't I remember. Believe he was in his eighties. Jeez, oh no, wait, yeah, late sixties. What am I talking about? Uh, fuck. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So you watched Amadeus because of that? Uh, both me and Neil did. Um, I Neil watched it. Today. Argu- arguably, I watched Amadeus today because you watched it, and I thought I better have you there to give you something else to talk about. Yeah, is Amadeus uh, is it animated? No, no, but no. the posters look like a picture of like an actual. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a cool poster. Amadeus is a fantastic film. Yeah, what's it, it about? You go, Neil. You take it. Amadeus is uh, based on a stage play by of the same name, and it's about the. It's it's often sold as a biopic of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. When it's really, it's more about uh, his relationship with um, Antonio Salieri, who was the court composer in Vienna at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's about Salieri's 
hatred of Mozart uh, because he sees his his talent is, and what the music he makes as being this is how he praises God. Everything he has is because God has given him this talent to do this stuff. So when he sees uh, Mozart, who's just this twenty six year old roaster, kind mm. of being really vulgar. And annoying. And, and just being an annoying wee dick. But <clears throat> yet everything about his talent mocks Salieri and he feels that God has put uh, Mozart on this earth to, like, to, test mock, him. to mock and test him. Mm. And it's about it's more about um Salieri's kind of breakdown of his kind of sanity in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um and his is turning against his own god. Yeah, his relationship with God. Like yeah. you said, it's the sanity thing because right. um, Salieri has based everything he's done. He's been a humble man. He's he's not touched women and like, and he's doing it all for God. And he feels like God has turned again. He's so forsaken sounds, him, if you will. It sounds like it'd be three hours long and boring as fuck. It's three, it's hours, three hours long, long and it's excellent. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's really really good. Yeah, and it's like the, the the way the film is told in flashback. Like Salieri's very old and he's talking to a bishop at the time, and he recounts the events of everything leading up to. Like Mozart's death. Is it as good as the Ben Whishaw bits in Cloud Atlas? I I can't remember. I'm going to say Amadeus is better, but I'm not sure. Uh, Those bits were genuinely really good. The Ben Whishaw story is only stuff that's good in yeah. that film. Um, I, I, I like, kind of disagree. I quite like the whole film. I like Cloud Atlas. That was the best bit. Like the whole bit where he was like a a, a amateur musician yeah. was mm. really good. Um, but yeah, but Am- no, it's nothing like that. Yeah, but Amadeus like <clears throat> won several Oscars. Uh, F. Murray Abraham uh, won for Best Actor, um, because he plays Salieri and he's just tremendous in it. When was this made? Nineteen eighty four. Eighty four. Eighty four. And it still looks great. The cinematography is excellent. Yeah. Um, the production design looks brilliant. Um, it is aged very well, and it's just it's just a really really well crafted film. What's the deal with the poster? Like, what does that signify? Like, I believe. Um, because the play was taken from a story about Amadeus. Was it the, the image relates to a character in Don Giovanni, yeah. who is a cipher for um, Mozart's dead father. All right, okay. Mm. There you go. Leopold. Yeah. So, yeah, Amadeus was really good, man. Uh, after I watched that, I watched uh, The People versus Larry Flint, which I thought was... It's fine. Um, again, it's... Uh, I buy it. <laughs> one of my favourite uh, gags in The Simpsons is yes. Homer yes. Uh, talking to Stephen Hawking, uh, Stephen Hawking yeah. and he shouts to the crowd, Larry Flynn is right! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Right. Yeah. Uh, Larry Flynn is, again, it's a, bi- it's a biopic of uh, Larry Flynn who created Hustler magazine, which was, I mean, it's probably more known in the States, like it was like... It's a scud book. It's a scud book, like Playboy kind of thing, but it's basically... Yeah, it's not quite like Playboy, it's a bit, uh, a bit more. Oh, okay. Right. I'm making a motion you are, with my hand. I yeah. think what Neil's trying to say is a bit more full on. Yes. Uh, I've never read a Hustler magazine, but uh, the as I said, <clears> it's basically, the, the film is about that, the crux of it is about um, free speech. Have you ever bought a scud book? Uh, no. Have you I am almost 38 years old, Paco. Yeah. Answer the question, Neil. Of course he has. I'm sure that answers the question. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm like nearly 35 and I've never bought one. I remember like... Yeah, for... To be fair, you probably just found them in the woods. 
<laughs> I, I actually like not in the woods, but there's like a like oh a place. God. There's a place in shots. It's like a kind of big. Every town has one of these places. Yeah, like a big kind of <laughs> factory, and a like it's kind of on the outskirts of town. And I found a bag full of porn. Yeah, a black bag. That sounds like there. that sounds like a right passage. <clears throat> yeah. I remember for like two or three years straight, uh, our good friend Stevie Pollock for my birthday would buy me like a bottle of whiskey. And loads and loads of scud books, and he's like, "That's what you there you go, mate." Well, you know, happy birthday to like yeah, scud books. I, I was lucky in twenty enough, in two thousand seven. No less, fair enough. I, I was lucky enough to be going through puberty when the internet was just starting to be a thing. Yeah. So, like, if you wanted to look at a dirty picture, you could click on something and then slowly wait four, yeah. four hours later. <laughs> slowly wait. This is for a picture as well, not even a video. You would see like the fucking hairline, and you're like, "All right, mm. okay," and then like. About a minute later, you would see eyebrows. <laughs> You're like, all right, okay. Oh, the joys of dial-up connection. They try to print it out in a dot matrix printer. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so uh, Woody Harrelson plays Larry Flint. Um, Courtney Love plays uh, his wife. If I remember correctly, Courtney Love is a standout in that film. She's good, yeah. Uh, Ed Norton plays his lawyer. Um, all in all, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good movie. It's just... As I said, it's a, more about free speech. Is how Larry Flint kind of he came across a lot of um, backlash for introducing this kind of magazine into certain states. Uh, they tried to ban him. They put him in jail. He was. They tried to assassinate him. Um. So there was a lot of um, <clears throat> there's a lot of like really key things in it. It was good. Uh, it all seems really trivial now when you compare it to modern day, where in Japan they have invented a invention that hooks up virtuality headsets to flashlights. So that you you can have actual sexual intercourse with your a uh, underage anime girlfriend. Good God! There's also like loads of videos coming out of Japan now where people are marrying their anime girlfriends in VR. Wow! Uh, which is something that Archer made fun yeah. of years yeah. ago That's right. with Kruger. Krieg. Krieg. Krieger. Krieger. Yeah. yeah. No, that's no, um, <clears throat> fucking hell. I, I really enjoyed that joke in Archer. Every now and then it would just it would just appear and you're like, Oh man, he's an animated bride. My, um, my favourite Krieger line is uh, as follows if I can just get it. No more. Yeah, it, he's my favourite character in Archer. Is it when he's sitting drumming with a big pile of cocaine next to him? No, no, it's uh, I I have it on here somewhere. Yeah. But this yeah. Is, this is great radio, I know. Well that was the people versus right. Larry Flint. Yeah, my favourite line is He's got Cheryl kind of hanging off over him. Right. And the line is, and I love that I had an erection that didn't involve homeless people. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fucking great line. Um, after that, I watched uh, some would say Milos Forman's masterpiece, uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I think Amadeus is better. Um, I think one, I, two different kinds of movies. Uh, I think One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest just edges it. But uh, in, but one for the cuckoo's nest. There's not not really much else to say. It's a it's a classic, um, and it is a, for me it is a masterpiece. It's a really great movie. Um, if you've not seen it, check out Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson stars as R. P. McMurphy, who is sent to an insane asylum. Um, a lot to be evaluated to see if he is in fact insane. A lot of the kind of thing is is he faking it or whatnot, but. Whilst that's going on, was it, it because he committed a crime? He committed a crime. Yeah, right. he was he was doing six to eight days in jail. Six to eight days. No, sixty eight. I think it was like sixty eight. Uh, no, it was more than sixty eight. But there's a point in the film where 
he, he said he says to the, uh, the one of the guards, I've only got sixty eight days left. He's like, you've been committed here. You're going nowhere. You're going when we're done. When we we say you're saying, uh, Louise Fletcher is really good as Nurse Ratchet. <clears throat> Excellent performance. It's also Christopher Lloyd, Danny DeVito, um, uh, Brad Dourif as well. So yeah, great movie. Just give it a watch. A really uplifting yet tragic drama. Is it better than the Michael Keaton? Insane Asylum comedy, The Dream Team. It is better than Dream Team, but I have a <laughs> soft, the one they I have a soft spot for yeah, Dream Team. They go there, uh, their doctor wants to take like, a baseball game. Yeah. yeah. The doctor gets bugged and the van, the van gets stolen. No, what happens is, I know this film really well. I used to love watching it. Uh, it's also got Christopher Lloyd in it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so basically their doctors want to take them to a, a baseball game. So they all get in the van, they go to the city and then one of the guys needs a pee. And then he takes uh, him around the... Peter, Peter Boyle. Um, needs I, the pee. It's not actually Peter Boyle that needs the pee. It's uh, the guy from Animal House. I can't remember his name. Um, <clears throat> he's also in uh, He's also in Babylon 5. Is he kind of a wee short fat guy? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. So he, he needs a pee and then... <clears throat> I, during... I know his character name in Babylon 5, but I don't know the actor's name. I, I, weirdly, when you said he was in Animal House, I immediately thought about the, robo- the robots that are in the fraternity in Futurama, oh, yeah. which are based on them. They thought, right, he must be the wee fat one. Right, yeah. Well, yeah, basically, the, 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 character, the character from Babylon 5 is Veer Koto. There you go. Um... But um, oh, that's another thing about Amadeus. Uh, watching it this afternoon, I get quite excited because Big Baron Harkonnen was in it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. Um, but yeah, the so in the dream team, uh, he needs a pee. Uh, the doctor is mugged and uh, he's battered and has to be taken to the hospital. But while well, the whole time the insane the guys from the insane asylum, including Michael Keaton, Peter Boyle, and Christopher Lloyd, are all sitting in the van wondering where the doctor's gone. And then come nightfall, they just kind of go into the city of New York and uh, they have their own wee story. And then it's about them basically trying to find their doctor because he's in trouble. He's a witness to a crime and he's going to get bumped off. It's it's a really weird, offbeat comedy, I, I but remember, I enjoyed it. I remember it. watching that when it first came out on video. Yeah, same. And not really getting it. And then watching it again a wee bit later on and really enjoying it. I thought it was... It's a nice wee film. It's, yeah, it's just a nice wee, offbeat comedy from like the late 80s. But yes, uh, uh, should we move on? Yeah. Do you want to talk about Lost in Space? No. 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 Okay. Uh, will we just miss out One Punch Man as well? It's really good. Watch it's, it. it's really it's, good. It's self-aware. It's, I it's mean, like the opposite of a uh, Dragon Ball. Yeah. Where like every episode of Dragon Ball is like they meet an enemy who's too strong for them, so like they have to train to get stronger to beat the enemy, and then that enemy often becomes a friend. Uh, whereas one one punch man is like he essentially did nothing uh, uh, and became the most powerful person in existence. If you like your anime <laughs> tropes countered with nihilism, yeah, he fucking uh, he he has became it. so powerful that he is bored of life and mm-hmm. everything in it, uh, and like he like goes into fights against villains with the hopes that they'll give him some kind of adrenaline rush, but when he kills them all with just one punch, it leaves him really unsatisfied. Uh, it's really kind of surreal yeah. a lot of the time like it becomes ridiculous and it's like the more of like the more traditional animes you've watched the funnier a lot of the stuff ha- that happens in this is because okay. it is all about just subverting the, the kind of normal stuff Paco you went and seen Truth or Dare and apparently it was my fault <coughs> so Truth or Dare Tommy <coughs> when you asked me to go watch Truth or Dare no I believe like, uh, what I said did was did you do it because you knew that I would hate it no well what I said was in the group chat I'd like to hear your take on Truth or Dare. 
and you took that to be that I had watched it, and I and now you're basically saying that, that because of me you went and sat and watched. Well, it. even they like, even that is exactly why I went to see it though, right? Like, uh, but even if what that wasn't your intention, ass. like you knew it was a horror movie, you knew it was going to be filled with fucking idiots. You knew like, that the trailer was online. You could have watched this and made up your mind about whether you wanted to go see it. Also, you went to uh, one o'clock on a Wednesday. That screen will have been dead. Mm. It actually had a surprising amount of people in it. Uh, some of which left before the film finished. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, again, we've had this conversation before, uh, like, over a year ago. I don't remember what the film was back then. But like every single film that follows this formula that's came out after Cabin in the Woods doesn't need to be made. Okay. Like Cabin in the Woods is a full stop to that genre, like unless the genre does something different. Like this one has your typical a uh, bunch of annoying teenagers who you want to see die, a <laughs> uh, go somewhere, get into like a supernatural situation. They all start being killed off one by one, but you do not fucking care at all as they remain to be annoying and stupid throughout the, pro- the progression of the movie and then at some point somebody starts like doing research on something from the past that's inevitably going to help them out and then like well there's only one or two left they resolve it towards the end like how many horror movies is that I've just described well, what? this movie did not need to be made made money though probably um, it's, a cheap, it's a cheap easy thrill ride but it's <laughs> It's not even a thrill rate. Of course it's, it's like <clears throat> a, One of my like really good friends who I haven't seen in a fucking long time, Martin McLaughlin, uh, referred to it as Final Destination with Snapchat, uh, Snapchat and Facebook. Snapchat. So what did I say? Snapchat. Snapchat. Yeah. Snapchat should be a thing. Okay, what would that mean? It would be like, just you get to talk to guys for 10 seconds that and never again. chat roulette okay Uh, snapchat and facebook so final destination with snapchat and uh, facebook yeah social media but like the thing is the final destination movies are at least self aware enough to make the deaths fun right and ridiculous and over the top like there are final destination esque moments in this where it's like if they successfully get round their turn in the game then they don't have to worry about it until it's their turn again. Right. That's very much a Final Destination thing. Right. Like all the kind of scenarios where like they fail whatever the thing is, like it's not like some elaborate big fun death. It's just like a really three or four second thing where they essentially just kill themselves in a really hmm. unimpressive manner. Hmm. So it's like there's no entertainment in that. Like there's no redeeming qualities at any of the cast at all. Uh, like it feels like it was written by like someone of the same age and brain capacity as the people starring in the movie. Like do you know what I mean it's like some like I don't even think that they're doing it in like a like now like the conjuring didn't do anything new for like traditional kind of haunted house horror stuff. It just did it competently. Like I think this wanted to be that for the kind of slashery flick style thing. Right. But just didn't manage it because like the person who made it was just fucking rubbish at making movies. Okay. Uh, like I did at one point think I fucking hate this and then remember Ready Player One and how that kind of <laughs> redefines everything. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't hate this, I just don't like it. <laughs> but, like, it's just, it's just trash. There's just yeah. nothing worth it. And, like, there's moments in it where you can tell 
I didn't watch all of it. Follows like I've heard a lot of good things about it, and it's the bit movie. I did see of it, like it did seem like it had something there. Mm-hmm. Like I just wasn't really in the mood for watching it at that time because, as I've said in the past, I'm a massive shite bag when it comes to horror movies. Uh, and like I was this one, I was like, oh man, another horror movie. Like I've already watched like fucking two in the past week. See, this is the thing. Right? <clears throat> You're talking about like certain uh, <clears throat> subgenres of, of of horror or whatever, and it needs it's been done and this and there. It's kind of like when we watched. Um, a quiet place. You'd seen a bunch of that. You've seen all that kind of things done before, but the key word is it was done it was competently. It was, it's done it good. well. It's like so, the people in it, like, uh, you can tell that they actually were thinking about, like, how things would have happened in that world. Yeah. It's like this one, there's a, a few things in it where they do the whole, the audience are obviously thinking through it in their head, so, like, they bring up these philosophical points in it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, why wouldn't everybody just start picking truth? And right. it's like there's a curveball in it where you're not allowed to just always pick truth. But you don't really like, care about it because it's done exactly, so badly. Exactly. Right. And okay. Like, I can understand that. I can understand. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's there's horror films I watch and they're trashy and shit. But sometimes I find that's the charm of them. I'm not saying that Truth or Dare has got that, because I, I didn't think it would be that good. I mean, that's part of the reason I, I'm happy who you're taking it is because I think you've you've got such a way where you really shit on some really fucking bad horror movies or it's, horror movies in general. Just, I just want to see what your your particular gripe with this one was. It, like it's just pretty. Like, it's, it's also that thing as well. Is it boring? I would say no. Okay. Like it moves at a pace that where you're not really bored. Right. You're just. You just don't care. Yeah. Was, the, uh, was some of the deaths cool? Like, no. were, you, were you happy to see, like, oh man, they killed that guy no. in a really fun way? No, that's it. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're all <clears> really just, they're over in a couple of seconds and there's nothing spectacular about them. Oh, well. Um, and, like, there, there's, like, attempts at drama, but the drama kind of falls short because, like, mm. a, much like a lot of other things in the modern day, like, this has been tainted by the whole millennium mindset. Yeah. So, like, when something happens and one of the actual characters say, it looked like she had a Snapchat, a bad Snapchat filter on her face. And you're like, like oh. Yeah, exactly. Just it's an eye roll groan moment where you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, man. Like, yeah. I'm so glad if, I never went to see Yeah, that. if <laughs> anything, I'm more surprised that it's taken this long for millennial bullshit to creep into horror films. I know that, it's, like, it's not. I know that Unfriended mm. and like Paranormal, uh, paranormal Activity yeah. 4, that, they had like yeah. Facebook elements. Unfriended, like yeah. Yeah. But like this one, like really, all the characters are just the kind of people you would fucking hate if you met in real life. Okay. I. Well, your your review of that <clears> is very <throat> successful because I'm not gonna watch yeah. that. Yeah. And look, I'm so <clears> glad <throat> I see, stayed in my house yeah. and watched Transformers the movie. See <laughs> what? Uh, see the, the way, animated like, movie, not, see, not, right, okay, not, okay. The, not the Babel see, shit. The, the way like it follows did something new though, right? And people loved it and praised it and stuff like that. And like you could tell that it was well made from even just the bit I watched of it. Yeah. This obviously wants to be that, but like at the kind of the setup of like the whole curse happening mm-hmm. when they start the Truth or Dare game. One of the questions in it is a, a morality thing about like aliens uh, invade and they give you two options. Either they kill everybody in the room, but everybody else in Mexico is safe, or they kill everybody in Mexico, but everybody in this room is safe. Mm. So it's the whole, like, do you go for the greater good and save the lives of millions of people at the cost of your friends, mm. or do you do the selfish thing and save your friends at the cost of all the people? Now, that's the philosophical quandary that the whole movie centers around. Right. right. See, see <coughs> the people in the room are they all Americans? 
Yes. Right. So they would choose Kalal of Mexico. But the... Uh, the So that they could get home. The movie, the like... Untouched. I, I realised, like, last week, we kept it in as well. Like, the whole bit, like, I made a, a kind of remark about libtards, which was absolutely a joke. Like, a... If anything, people would call me a libtard if they were ever going to use that insult in a serious way, right? Like, I consider myself, like, for equality, like, I mean, as you guys also saw, like, mm-hmm. I, I kind of pointed out that I think that superhero movies where the lead is a female should be directed by women now, in the same way that, like, Black Panther was directed by a black guy, because, right, you know, go. yeah, like, but the point being, though, is, like, if it was a white person, it yeah, just wouldn't have I the agree. same effect, right? I agree. All that stuff, like, I'm all for equality, I'm all for feminism, I'm all for all that stuff, but, like, all the criticisms that people start levelling towards SJWs in particular, where it's, like, forced diversity and forced uh, equality and stuff, where, like, it just isn't a natural thing, it's there as a virtue signalling thing, Mm. signalling, even. This movie is fucking packed full of that. So, like, the, the main actress in it, the main character... Like, uh, her introduction is, like, she's not going to go to spring break with everybody else because she's going to go and build homes for the, the needy elsewhere. Mm. And uh, it's, like, shown that like, you know, oh, she's, like, amazingly selfless and stuff. But, like, through this game of Truth or Dare, like, uh, when the game starts, she gets asked that question about, like, being, like, would she kill the people in the room of everyone in Mexico? Mm. And she picks the people in the room because, like, she is so selfless that she sees, like, saving the lives of millions as the greater good and like would do that and a uh, because of the way the film set up she was telling the truth then because she didn't suffer consequences with it right so like the movie sets itself up as this philosophical quandary of morality where like it shows you her decline into selfishness because of the events of the film right but like none of it has any merit to it like it doesn't okay. feel satisfactory by the end of it okay is that because the characters aren't well written enough they're just yeah, the they're all they're all really kind of unleashable, and the the yeah. movie itself just is not entertaining. <clears throat> uh, it's just bad. It's just a bad movie. Okay, it'll be forgotten in fucking no time. You will never hear anybody talk about Truth or Dare ever again. Well, well, until the sequel comes out. Yeah, <laughs> it's got a sequel already. No, but it's it, a blue house. Yeah, so probably. It, yeah. Well, and then depending on how much money it makes. I'd, do you if, know what though? If that, if it makes money, they'll find a way. Yeah. To, to be fair, the way this movie... Like, do you guys care about spoilers for this? Like, you probably no, not, not right? So, like, it doesn't have a happy ending thing. It doesn't get resolved. Mm-hmm. Like, at the end of the, the thing, they trick the demon that's been doing all this stuff into, like, revealing the truth because, like, they're in the place where you can add players to the game. So, like, they wait for, like, it to kind of appear in somebody who's denied the request and then they ask it a question and it essentially tells them the truth that it cannot be stopped now. So... She, the, the girl at the start who is really selfless, uh, has a YouTube channel because, of course, she does. Uh, so she uploads a video about the whole truth or dare thing. Is she a vegan? Quite possibly. Our, our friend is. Our friend's a pizzatarian, which comes out of the plot. Uh, <laughs> exactly, Neil. Exactly. She only eats fish, mate. Um, but it's so, it's just cringeworthy from start to finish. But yeah, like, it ends with like essentially she infects the entire planet with this truth or dare game because like if all these people have seen it it's not going to be her or her friends turn again for like an inconceivably mm. long amount of time mm. um, so it's kind of like Ringu and exactly exactly 
Like it wants to, movie. it wants to invoke these other films, but it just yeah. doesn't do them well. Uh, so like a sequel to that though might be interesting. Is like that would completely fucking break apart society on a global yeah. scale. Mm. Uh, is it? Is this the secret Orange Origin Origin movie? Who fucking knows? <laughs> Who knows? But it is not handled well. It's not worth watching. The deaths aren't interesting. The characters aren't engaging. Okay. Like nothing about yeah. it is worth yeah. wasting your fucking time over. So a very very bad movie. <clears throat> So, but not as bad as Ready Player One. Okay, uh, going from scale of really bad movie, forgettable, terrible. Me and Neil went and seen Rampage. Yo, damn right we did, player. Yeah, uh, and now that is a very bad movie, but very enjoyable. Uh, yeah, the yeah. best way to kind of describe it, it's like it's dumb as shit. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking daft as fuck. But fucking daft as fuck. Yeah, it's fucking daft as fuck. Um, it really is. It's daft as shit. And um, if you, it's kind of like it's it's like watching a Fast and the Furious movie. It's like Fast and Furious, the remix, but with monsters. If you know what I mean. It's kind of like it follows the logic of Fast and Furious, where you watch the Fast and Furious franchise for the action, the explosion. And it's got like the whole family unit thing, and it's just you know, a, it's just <laughs> does, it, does it know what it is? Oh well, I I think I, I it does. Think it does know what it is, but it still plays it dead straight. Yeah. Until a, what, the last three minutes, where it has a really weird tonal moment. Yeah, it's <laughs> again right. So Rampage is based on a, a, a video game of the nineteen eighties. Of which I felt that for a video game movie, which they normally always try and wedge in the video game stuff, mm. the stuff which made it feel like. Well, that's kind of like what happens in the game, like certain ways buildings fall down, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I thought it was actually done quite well. It felt didn't feel. What is there a moment in it where one of the monsters punches out every window on each side of the building and it crumbles down? There's a bit where they have punched out enough of this all glass building. Yeah, that actually happened at one the, point. The, the half of it. Yeah, at one point the crocodile's climbing, scaling it, and then it kind of goes. Through the building, and then just kind of turn, yeah, winds around, then turns and just starts to continue scaling up. Do they ever show you like somebody screaming at the window and the monsters grab them and eat them? Uh, There is moments of monsters grabbing people and eating them. Yeah. There is moments of monsters jumping in the air and eating helicopters. Okay, Mm -hmm. that happens. Yeah. Yeah. There's no checks. Yeah, so basically, is this the best video game movie? Yeah. Very, very possibly. (laughs) Totally. Um, Yeah, so again, if. Yeah, so if you approach it with Fast and Furious logic, then it's fine. Yeah, the, so you go in knowing what you go into that film knowing what it is. Yeah, it's a dumb, big dumb action movie. Yeah, totally. Like, like even even The Rock is sitting there playing this guy, uh, is it, is it Davis. Is Davis, name? yes. Davis something, uh, and he's just a big, big huge buff dude <clears> who <throat> works with works with monkeys mm-hmm. and apes. Well, okay, apes. Mm-hmm. Uh, works with apes. And as it progresses, they, they do that thing where they have to kind of give you his backstory to explain why he's this big, massive guy. Co- convenient why cliches. Can, why he can do all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that the, the plot of Rampage mm. is Dwayne The Rock Johnson is uh, he's a former military man who works uh, at the San, San Diego Zoo or whatever. And it's like he works with this ape. He works with apes. But in particular, there's an albino ape called George who he's best pals with and eat no shit he's his last is best there pal. a scene in it where 
like the Rock is getting married and George no. is his best yeah. man. No. he would be that. though. He would be. Have you seen? Have you seen that? Have you seen that thing in real life where like there's a guy who's like best friends with a grizzly bear? Yeah, and he, and he, he, it was he, the best man at his wedding, and he was wearing a top hat. Yeah, I, I was, fucking love that. That was so. Good. So basically, yeah. So the Rock works there and whatnot. Uh, prior to you getting introduced to the Rock, you were told that um, a, in in like nineteen ninety three, there was um some st- some stuff that was invented to in order to try help people but then in 2016 it was deemed uh it was deemed a, a weapon and no longer allowed to be produced by this company called energy I think it was it is. All about, it's all about genetic en- engineering yes and genetic editing yeah and so it, it, that's what you're told and even though that was happening uh, they were conducting um some experiments uh, on a space shuttle in space and then something goes wrong, and three of those genetic editing stuff uh, crashes uh, in, into the Earth. Uh, all of them in America, which is dead, dead convenient. One hits George. Well, one, one, one hits a wolf. Yeah. And one hits a crocodile. Yes. And because of the genetic genetic <clears throat> editing, they basically they kind of talk about they've taken bits from different animals that makes them. It's like the Serpentor backstory. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. So yeah, and then so George starts to feel a bit weird and whatnot. Uh, <coughs> the head of energy is Malin Arkwin, who you'll know from Watchmen. Um, and who, also, who actually, for a long time during that film, I thought was Lucy Lawless. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Uh, who we can, seen Watchmen? Is that the Sub Spectre too? Um, and uh, also, what's her uh, name? Malin Arkwin. Malin Arkham. Yeah. Arkman. Yeah. And uh, the other guy that's in it, he was in an episode of Parks and Rec, um, but I can't. Remember. I quite, I quite enjoyed that guy's performance. Yeah, he was fine. Um, he was like the Don Junior to her Donald Trump. Did yeah. they ever, did they ever name the other two monsters? Yes, uh, they named the wolf Ralph. Yeah, and what's the I crocodile? We don't know. Lizzie. Yeah. So basically, that like Malin Arkman and her brother are head of this company, and then they find out right. They're, the, they're quite funny because they come across as kind of spoof Bond villains totally they are totally spoof Bond villains so <coughs> they run this company the product uh, the, the product crash lands and then a wolf is infected George is infected and a crocodile is infected and basically they are like right well we need to salvage uh, specimens of these things and they said like uh, they said like hit squads uh, and then things get a week things getting more even more out of control and then they're like right I've got a plan <coughs> and their plan is fucking ridiculous. Oh, it's, uh, that's what makes them the go the yes. Bond villain. But it's so it's a total but, Bond villain plan. Yeah, but it's ridiculous. It's like two steps away from a golden eye saddle. Yeah, it's ridiculously daft. Where basically they have put a, a beacon, or they've like put um shit was it you know it's like a, a, uh, it's, it's a big it's, sound it's wave. A, it's a beacon which make, which makes this uh sound wave go at a certain frequency really pisses off these animals and they're going to attract them to this building where see this they... is really funny because last week we were talking about the frequency that makes jaws go mental so uh, yeah well this so basically that's the idea is they're going to get them there and <coughs> uh, cure them because they've already got some form of cure, cure them. and then they're going to basically uh, stop the aggressive yeah they can stop the aggressive build and basically they're going to take a specimen of that and sell it to the highest bidder uh, to be used as a weapon okay 
uh, especially so, the like, blood. Why, like, do they give a reason, like, why the things can't just be killed with conventional weapons? Like, because they're so big and strong. Yeah, that's like, it. They're just so big and strong. Missiles are also big and strong. Yeah, but yeah, they, no, no, no. But they they they, they, they kind of mention that because they're big and strong and that they regenerate really quickly and and they're really really massive and strong. That's it. Right. So they need George to rip them apart, basically. Well, no, no, George, no, no. George goes mental. George goes mental. Oh, really? Yeah. He yes. hears this frequency and he wants to go. And the Rock is obviously distraught because like when when George like when George is first infected, he um he does something which basically the clean. The no, 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 no. Um, basically, George does something which is going to get him into trouble, and um, the Rock is what he doesn't need to be put down. And then this frequency thing happens, um, and he escapes, and the wolf, him, and the crocodile are all making their way towards <laughs> Chicago, where this frequency beacon is uh, located. Uh, the Rock <laughs> is it. There's so many bits where like he works at the zoo. Why the fuck? It like there's a bit where he's arrested and taken to this military base like why is he arrested and jeffrey dean morgan who plays the comedian in watchman he's like a texas uh he's not a government agent he's one of these shadowy yeah. government agents yeah who every now and then says well an old cowboy like me once said this and my grandpappy used to say this and it's like jeffrey dean morgan is the best thing in that film. yeah he is he, he seems he looks like he's pissed yeah, the he's fucking ridiculous. And his lines are nonsense. And there's just is there anybody else from Watchmen in it? Does Billy Crudup show up? No, he's nah, not. No, just just Silk Spectre and the comedian. But there's just loads of bits where Jeffrey Dean Morgan just happens to be at the right place at the right yeah. time. The Rock, just every little piece of information you need to know about the Rock and the plot, it just conveniently and cliched is is so cliched. It just inserted in there like the rock used to be a, a military man but he, he's tra- tra- he's gonna <laughs> he steal a helicopter like in a military base it'd be fucking heavily guarded and he's like no it's gonna come back to me i know how to do this no bother and there's bits where the rock just does a lot of actiony shit that's like completely unnecessary and really fun uh the, the rock looks like he's having a great time oh ab- absolutely this. He and just looks like he's having fun with it. Yeah. So and to the point where this character of Davis that he's playing mm-hmm. just feels like this is just the rock cutting into his day. Absolutely. I mean, to be fair, man, like other than his appearance in Get Cool, Be mm. Cool, Be Cool, cool. Mm. like he's pretty much the same person. In it. He is just the rock and everything else. <laughs> yeah, but the, I, I it felt different this time. Yeah. It felt so much looser. Yeah, he's like. Doctor Doolittle slash Action Man. <laughs> uh, he also he buddies up with uh, Naomi Harris, who was M Inspector and uh, ah, yeah and Skyfall. Uh, she's also in Pirates of the Caribbean. Is she not also in Fast and Furious? No, I don't think so. Um, but she basically she knows. Is this... she not the hacker girl from Fast and Furious? No, that's not her. That's uh, she's from Game of Thrones. She's Game of Thrones. Um, so basically, she knows about like this this serum and she's going to help cure George and the whole idea is the Rock the Rock and her are trying to get to Chicago to help George because if they don't the military are going to level Chicago after it's been evacuated to try and kill these uh, these monsters it's just a big dumb monster movie yeah. man like kind of like weirdly enjoyable I a, should absolutely have went to this yeah. like this. I, I may have a beer or two and go watch it again because I, I it was, was I would go watch that my, my option is like when I came out of Truth or Dare uh, the reason I went to Truth or Dare over Rampage in the first place was because all the shows for Rampage 
all the regular shows Rampage were way late on the mm-hmm. day. Uh, but like I finished surprisingly early today. Uh, mm-hmm. So like the only film that was coming on that I hadn't already seen that didn't look utter gash was Truth or Dare. Because like, I knew Tommy had kind of suggested I go watch no, I didn't. it. Uh, oh well, no, I, I suggested that I'd like to hear like, you. Yeah. yeah, after coming out of that, like I had the option of going to the 4DX screening of Rampage and it, I've heard nothing but bad things about it up until this point. You'll have a blast. But like, it sounds like 4DX uh, is maybe the way to go with that movie. Yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> so like, I mean, like what I'd heard though is like it really isn't that action packed. There's barely any action sequences in it though. Uh, so, there's a good... I think there's a good balance. Yeah. I think it takes a while to get going yeah. in terms of action. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's quite a lot of build. Yeah. Um, but one, once they're up and about uh, wrecking stuff. Ah, uh, you see that. It's reasonably yeah, you see George wrecking out, stuff. Yeah. You see the wolf like taking out this fucking Black Ops, well, not Black Ops team, but then, and just when it goes full fucking rampage where the, the, like all three monsters are attacking Chicago, it looks cool as fuck. Yeah. Like the CG is good on it. I thought the CG was good. Yeah. Who's, like, is this a twelve A? How gory is it? See, it's not that gory, but there's there's enough. Yeah. If I only had some decent. Uh, yeah. If someone says, "How would I improve this film?" Like, make it an eighteen and have gore all over the fucking place. But it's I mean, still good. you can I, see that for a I lot of movies in the past fucking decade. Now. I don't think that would make that film better. To be honest. Oh no! It would make it. It, it would make, change. It would change the tone of it. Well, that's, oh well, fair enough. I'll give you that one. Um, Does this set up for a sequel? Oh, it could do. You could get a sequel out of it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't so much as set up for one. Yeah. But yeah, you could probably yeah. somehow make yeah. a sequel out of that. At, at some points, yeah. uh, you see some of the animals hitting the, the, the so one of the monsters hitting the other monster with like cars and fucking all kinds of shit. Like you remember, like when you seen Pacific Rim, where the kaiju were fighting like the the Jaegers and you're like oh man he's got a fucking train for a bat there's a couple of little moments in that where I was like that's cool as fuck man you, it, you should watch like not just Shin Godzilla but also Evangelion because like a lot of the stuff that happens I've got it all on DVD but the thing is Jesus. Neil I'm going to watch it again because Shin Godzilla is directed by the same guy who directed Evangelion well, wow. when you're and finished, then I watch I'm going to watch it all my like Shin Godzilla reminded me so much it uses music from Evangelion yeah. Yeah, I want to watch it again. It's so yeah. good. But yeah, I mean, Rampage is it is just dumb fun. It's again, I thought it was going to be shite, like proper. I'm frustrated at how annoyed, at how crap this is. But I like I settled in pretty fucking yeah. quickly when once you know what you're dealing with, and you just kind of enjoy. It. As is, I mean, have a couple of beers and go watch it because it is really fucking just Fast and the Furious kind of nonsense. Okay. Uh, but entertaining and I think Paco I think you'll really you, you said yourself big fan of monster movies and yeah, that, yeah, I, yeah. you'll get a, I mean, you'll, that you'll is like, a blast when it comes to like uh, films the ones I tend to be less critical of are monster flicks or anything where humanity essentially gets fucking taken down a peg uh, right. so no. yeah so yeah that was that was Rampage I mean <laughs> and that was Raptors in the Kitchen have we got something else? Have we got somewhere to go? No, I just say it. Like, have we got anything else to talk about? No, that's it. Yeah, I watched Coco. Alright, was that any good? I watched Transformers the movie. I, I mean, like, I don't really care about Transformers at all. 
Uh, not even the animated 80s one with the same bastard in it. Transformers movie is a fantastic film. I just, for some reason, I don't know why, but like I never watched Transformers as a kid, so like I never had hmm. any. Explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird more than anything else, though, because like again, like robots and sci-fi and cartoons, like are things I enjoy to this day. <laughs> so yeah. like I don't know. My introduction to Transformers was that Michael Bay movie. Uh, which exactly that kind of tells you all you need to know about what I think yeah. of that as a franchise. That's that. Um, but Coco, what was? It was all right. So that's the the newest Pixar that one. That is the newest Pixar, yeah. About the the Mexican kids who want to be a musician, even though his family have this hereditary uh, ban on being musicians. Yeah. And any kind of music. What do you mean they've got a hereditary ban? There's the, a reason. The great, the great, great great-grandmother was uh, I can't remember if she was married or she was just dating well they had a kid together so they had a married. kid yeah married and uh, was married to a musician who abandoned the family so music was not allowed in yeah. the household because that makes sense yeah I know I, okay. I, I really enjoyed it but then like he goes to like the spirit world and like well, what, finds like his like kind of what, what happens hero. is yeah. he finds he breaks the photograph. This whole, this whole <clears> thing <throat> happens on the Day of the Dead. And he finds a photograph of the great-great-great-grandmother, the great-great-grandmother who is still alive, and that is the Mama Coco of the title, mm. uh, breaks this photograph and finds out that the musician who left is very possibly Ernesto de la Cruz, who's a world-famous dead troubadour. Mm. And who, is his hero. And is his hero. And he so, meets him. So he goes to try and steal his guitar, or borrow his, his guitar, so he can play in the Day of the Dead festival, even though his parents and all his family don't want him to. It's so, anti-authoritarian. Like, I like it. So <laughs> while stealing this guitar, somehow he magically transports to the last <clears> of the dead. <throat> so he has to find Ernesto de la Cruz to get back to the real world mm-hmm. because all his family who are skeleton people in the land of the dead will send him back to his family but only on the condition that he never played music again whereas he thinks Big Ernesto being a musician will just let him happily go up the road okay so, yeah. I think I'm guessing it's got like a, a good emotional impact and stuff being that it's Pixar um, I found that the <coughs> The big emotional turn, that well, the big kind of reveal, the Pixar reveal, the Pixar reveal of what's actually going on. I guessed about a half hour into it, didn't it? Okay. And therefore, I had no power. Although not to keep going back to truth or dare, but that was also a problem with that. Is like I was constantly half an hour ahead of the plot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, sorry. Go. So. You know, you know he's going to get glad the dead, so that's not going to <clears throat> So, again, weirdly this week, a film I did not really care for or really care about any does of this, the characters. Does this story end with you in tears? There was a moment where he goes and sings this song because he goes over to Mama Coco, who was the daughter of this guy who he finds out is his real grand. How, how many drugs out of 10 do you give it? 
I was sober when I right. watched it. <laughs> okay. um, I know what you're going to talk about, and I was nearly well enough as well at that point. He goes over, and his family are all, oh, you can't play music against <clears> the <throat> table. Why you got guitar in front of this woman? She's going to die, and you're going to play that. So he plays another wee song, and it brings her back out of her kind of shell, and she gets a lot better. And it's really emotional because it's okay. So that yeah, it was it's yes. How how does this read? And I, I might have cried a wee bit. How does this read? Oh, I did. The other Pixar. I fucking did, man. It was well good. Is this up there? Nah, no, nah. I I I come to realization that I don't really get into the Pixar films about humans <coughs> that much okay. as I do. The Pixar films about <coughs> monsters or fish. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, The Incredibles is pretty good. I know last week you said it's really good. Like the Incredibles. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed The Incredibles. Uh, what other ones are based on humans though? Brave? Brave. Um, I didn't particularly really like Brave that much. I like Brave. Most of them were like kind of. Shit, what was the one about the motions? Uh, Inside Out. Do you know, like, I like the idea of that movie more than I like that movie. Yeah. Okay. Like the message I in that mean, film about it's okay to be sad is something that is fucking great to be in a kids film, mm. but like the film itself wasn't exactly memorable. Yeah, I mean the thing about Coco, I I enjoyed it. Uh, I I thought again I had that emotional impact and it looked mm. really nice. But yeah, it's very much Pixar have a formula, and if you know this formula, you, you might tend to guess the ending or you might see things coming like well that was alright I suppose it didn't really matter. It's not even so much as guessing the ending it was guessing the the mid mid second real reveal yeah yeah which is supposed to have the oh man that's a big shock yeah but it wasn't it was really obvious did you watch Kubo and the Two Strings? no I can't remember that it's fucking really good it's a beautiful looking movie as well I also think that uh, Book of the Dead being another uh, is that called Book of Life? Book of, Book of Life, Life yeah, sorry. that's what it's called. Yeah, Book of Life, sorry, is a better looking Day of the Dead film. Just better looking, but not a better film? No, I enjoyed that also more. Right. Yeah. It is? Yeah. But it's a completely different story, but it's, mm. yeah, it's enjoyable. Do you guys got anything else to talk about this week? No, I think I'll, I'll do it for this week. So there's like absolutely no movies out next week at all whatsoever? Nothing? Yeah, we'll need to find something to do. Yeah, Tommy's away up north as well. Yep. Like All right. Mm, we up north for the week, and then back for. Hey, I'm also on holiday, so I probably okay. won't be here either. Though, so there's not going to be a show next week. Yeah, oh well. I don't know yet. Like I'm thinking, either going back through to Spain to see my dad, or going somewhere I actually want to go. <laughs> I like I've been to a lot of the kind of bigger countries in Europe, but I've never been to France. So I was thinking, not Paris, but maybe somewhere else in France that's relatively cheap. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. I've not been to France in a long time, but I remember it not being very cheap. Yeah, I mean that was ages ago. But also, it depends on where you go. Yeah, that's fair enough. Oh well. So maybe. we might not be might not be here next week, but maybe I'll record the show on my own. No, maybe you know, look. Well. Tommy's done that before, and it didn't go well then. Just saying, yeah, like Tommy isn't doesn't get high and do these things. Yeah, I'll just uh, say I'll get high and watch bring it on. We'll. We'll have a director's commentary or bring it on. Can you do the monologue that The Rock does from Bring It On? Uh, no. Really the monologue yeah. that has more than one part of it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's one of The Rock's better performances as well, by the way, just to go throw that out there. I mentioned it earlier. 
Android or anything that movie is probably the good thing in that movie. Yeah, I've heard that other folks say that. All right, I, so I enjoy the cover version of the country song You Ain't Woman Enough to Take My Man mm. that you sing yeah. So we yeah, so So like next week is actually Infinity War though, right? Yes. I was joking, yeah. 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 So that's next Friday? Yeah. Um which does mean that there probably isn't anything big between you and then at all. There's not. Ah, that'll be looked exactly different. No. I 